What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fierce, Favored, and Spiritually Grounded. This is your life coach and host, Tanya Williams. In this episode, we're going to talk about the sins the saints don't count. See, many times this is what runs people away from church. We have people who are busy counting other people's sins but don't count their own. And what they don't realize is the Bible talks about in James 4.17, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. So how many times have you known, like for me, for instance, I know that I've gone to churches just to visit before and stuff like that, and the people are not even friendly. Like the only thing they do is look me up and down and say, mm, nice shoes. You know, I've been to places like that. Of course, I didn't go back, but... You know, that's not a healthy environment, especially for a church who, you know, maybe new people are coming to visit and considering maybe that becoming their personal church. So we as Christians and believers, we got to be very careful about um, how we treat others and how, you know, we're not quick to judge others, especially um, young people. This younger generation is a little bit different than what we used to be, the way they dress, the way they talk, all that. So we've got to be careful. It's it's okay to correct them, but do it in a nice way. Like, don't make it so where it's judgmental and it's going to run them off. A lot of people this day and age, they don't have a big mama. They don't have an older, more seasoned person in their life to guide them and give them direction in the proper way that they should conduct themselves. So it's time that we step up and we start getting back to the old days, how we used to do that. And, you know, we just take these younger generation by the hand and show them what to do and what not to do. So the first one that I want to talk about is selfishness and self-righteousness. You know, how often did Jesus call out the Pharisees in the New Testament? All the time. And it was always for self-righteousness and selfishness. You know, if you have a complaint on yourself or something, you know, good you've done, then you aren't doing it right. So many of us like to display our faithful acts so that others, you know, will know that we're good Christians and stuff like that. So one example is, and this is my pet peeve, is how people, when they go to feed the homeless or they do something nice for somebody, they got to take a selfie or they got to take a picture and they got to post it on social media, almost like, look what I did, you know, somebody give me some clout for that. And I don't, I don't really like that. I mean, I think it's okay to advertise and say, hey, we're going to go out to Lynn Park this weekend and we're going to feed the homeless or, you know, we're going to do this and do that. And it's okay to show pictures of, you know, things that your church or your organization has done. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're doing it for attention, for likes, comments and things like that, or for people just for people to say, oh, look what she did, then it, it really goes unnoticed in God's eyes because you're doing it for your own selfishness and you're not doing it actually to help somebody else. So we got to be really careful about that. Even like with paying it forward, you know, it's not about us. If you're going to do something for somebody, do it because you want to do it to help them, not because you want recognition or somebody to know that you did it. So, um, you know, Christ doesn't care what everyone else thinks of your generosity. You know, he cares about your heart and your motivation. You know, if you need other people to know about the good things you do or how, you know, feel, then think in order to feel validated, then you need to reevaluate yourself. So number two, patronism. You know, for the record, I don't think patronism is one of um, a sin within itself, but I, I put this here because all too often we put faith and Christian values in the same box as a political party. 
The Bible's clear about the fact that Jesus' name will be declared to all nations and peoples of the world. So we shout, you know, America, and, you know, we talk about how much better we are than everyone else, but that's not biblical. We project Christianity onto the American flag and assume that God acts American, but that's not how it works. Um, we celebrate America values and understand how blessed we are to live here, but remember that at the end of the day, you're a citizen of heaven, and heaven will be full of people from all over the world. So we got to be careful about, you know, in that aspect of it. We don't really think about that. You know what I'm saying? I never really thought about it until I thought about doing this podcast. And, you know, as Americans, we do do that. Number three, fear and worry. Jesus is very clear about worrying. He flat out tells us not to worry. That faith requires trust in John 4.18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So God is love. He loved us enough to send his son to die, you know, for our sins. His love is perfect, therefore we should have nothing to fear. And, you know, the Bible also talks about how he will not give us the spirit of fear. And I know that fear is inevitable sometimes, depending on, you know, what you're going through or, you know, what kind of situation that you have. I know at one point it used to be a struggle for me. You know, I I knew what I was called to do, but I wanted to stay in the background. I had a fear of um, coming to the forefront and speaking in front of people and things like that, you know. Um, but since then, I'm no longer living in fear. So we've got to learn how whatever issues that causes us fear, enemy, the enemy makes us fearful. He knows our purpose just like God does. So sometimes he will instill fear in us to stop us before we even get started. So you know, even though we're not perfect, but fear and worry are not part of the equation with Christ. These attitudes um, that imply lack of faith, all we can do is remember that God's sovereign and he's always in control. Number four, this is a big one, y'all, pride. We talk about pride all the time in church, and, you know, we um, consistently discuss how detrimental and dangerous it is, but it seems like we don't recognize that what pride actually is. We don't realize that every time um, that we refuse to um, forgive somebody, it's an act of pride. So every time you argue with your friend, a family member, or a spouse, and you know, and you will not apologize, then you're acting out of pride. You know, so remember that grace that Christ extends to you, you try to extend the same grace and forgiveness to others. So the next time that you're in an argument or, you know, it can, it can be something that really don't even mean that much about, it could be you and your spouse talking about who took out the trash last or something like that, you know. But if you, if you can't admit that, you know, you're wrong or just be the better person, then you're, you could be dealing with the underlying um, pride issue that you may not know about. And number five, which is my last one, but it's definitely probably the best one because uh, this this one um, is probably it's not the last one, but it's probably a big one that we don't even realize: gluttony and coveting. You know, this sin is closely related to pride. We bury ourselves in debt in order to make sure we have the best and the newest things. The disciples often lived off the generosity of others, and Jesus was a poor carpenter. So I'm not saying that wealth um, that's inherited is bad. It's not. But, you know, if you can afford that Mercedes, by all means, buy it. 
But if you can't and you're spending hundreds of dollars each month paying off debt, then you could be committing a modern form of gluttony. You need to look inside yourself and search your heart. If, you, if your nice things were taken away, would you still be satisfied to find the joy in Christ? So why are you really in debt? Who are you really trying to impress? Are you trying to impress God or men? You know, I'm, I'm from the South, and there's an unspoken rule here that you can say whatever you want about someone as long as you follow through with it. So, you know, we have a tendency to say, oh, bless her heart, and I'm guilty of this one more than anybody, y'all. You know, we like to talk about other people's lives and, you know, as if we live in their heads and we know everything about them. You know, this is something churchy people are constantly accused of, and it's often a result of judgmental attitude. Um, you know, why won't the women who had an abortion come to church with you? Because she's afraid of the looks she'll get. And, um, you know, even the ones that you'll give her that will distract her and um, while she's in church and she'll keep watching you worrying about who, who knows her business. You know, this same could be said for the pregnant 16-year-old girl or the man who cheated on his wife. You know, sure, it's nice to escape with our own issues, by talking about someone else's for a while, but let's remember to speak with grace and that our sin is just as simple as anybody else's. So, like I said, when you're from the South, there's unspoken rule that you can say whatever. Like I said, bless your heart. You know, that that's one I probably need to stop <laughs> doing because, you know, you know what bless your heart really means. You're stupid. Oh, bless her. She's so stupid. But anyway, I think, you know, this this one, this leads into number six, which is our gossip. So we've got to be careful that we don't have um, that judgmental attitude, you know, and we've got to be careful about that because that's why people won't come to church with us, you know, because to be honest, you know, you've you got to be the same true to who you are, the person you are on outside of church as you are on Sundays when you attend because People see that. So when you invite them to go with you, if you're a gossiper at work, they're not going to go with you because they're going to know, oh, well, she's just going to talk about me or she's already told people about me at her church, so I'm not going to go. So that gossip was number six. Number seven is hatred. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us uh, what we already know, that murder is wrong, but he follows up saying that anyone who has harbored hatred towards someone has committed murder in his heart. Hatred is connected intimately with fear. We fear people won't understand, and that fear causes us to hate them irrationally. The general attitude towards all Muslims based on the acts of a small select is a perfect example of this. You know, we also tend to harbor hatred against those who have hurt us. You know, we constantly need to be searching our heart and monitoring our thoughts and feelings. So it's probably not a bad idea that we pray that verse. Um, now, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know it word for word or don't have it memorized, but the one where it talks about, oh, search me, um, I forgot what it is. Anyway, but he's talking about uh, search his heart and, you know, remove anything that's not pure um, or clean. So that's probably a good thing that we could do on a daily basis. Number eight, judgment. So this one kind of goes hand in hand. Um, with the gossip that I was talking about earlier, um, this one's the kicker. This is the one that will be the death of our faith and our influence. I know that Paul tells the churches to expel sinners from the midst. You know, he also encouraged us not to indulge in someone 
in sinful behavior. Um, but we use those verses to justify judgment to others, and I believe this is a, a gross misinterpretation of the Scripture. Um, the truth is Jesus is our equality. We're all sinners in the need of a Savior, so Christians have accepted Christ and avoid condemnation based on faith and grace of God. But we don't avoid condemnation based on our own actions. So every time we think less of someone else, we forget that we are too are sinners. And that's the thing about church folks. Sometimes we forget how far we've come and how far he's brought us. So we tend to judge others um, thinking that just because we may have it a little more together than what we used to, we start to judge others and forget, you know, that we too still have issues and, and we sin, just like the, the name of the podcast, the sins the sinners don't count. These are things that we dismiss about ourselves if we're not careful every day but we'll be quick to pick up and talk about somebody or judge somebody because they have a beer or they're cussing or something like that. So the only way to avoid sin is to acknowledge our own weaknesses and to embrace uh, humility. In fact, that can help us avoid um, a whole multitude of sins. Well, this concludes this episode of The Sins the Saints Don't Count. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you're not already following me, check me out on Facebook at Tanya Williams Life Coach. And remember, if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to discuss, always feel free to email me at tanyawilliams, 